Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to a different creative person every week, and this week I'm talking to one of my favorite funny ladies, Nicole Payone. Nicole and I worked together on the Big Gay Sketch Show. She was on all three seasons. I just wrote on season three, but I loved working with her. And since then, uh, she's been in the Mismatch Game, um, playing Ariana Huffington and introducing the world to Clown Mouth. And if you don't know what that is, then you have to come see her in the Mismatch Game. Um, Before we get to Nicole, um, I want to do a little housekeeping. I want to thank Bill Kemp for donating to my virtual tip jar on DennisAnyone.net. It helps keep the podcast free and pay for things like web hosting and stuff like that. Parking when I go to places and just little expenses. So thank you, Bill. Uh, If you want to kick in a little. I would love it. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Um, You can do that at DennisAnyone.net. There's a little donate button there. You can also subscribe to my newsletter and see pictures that go with different podcasts, fun stuff like that. I'd also love it if you liked Dennis Anyone on Facebook. And if you listen to a podcast that you really love, share it, tweet it, any of that stuff. It all helps build the podcast. And I really appreciate it. All right. And now without any further ado, here is the delightful Nicole Payone. All right, I am here in the charming Los Feliz apartment of my friend, actress and comedian, Nicole Payone. Hello. Hi, how are you? Echo Park, man. Yes. It's yes, groovy. Echo, Echo Park, right. Um, you said Los Feliz. So. Did I? Yeah. That's wrong. We That's, should start again. Yeah. No, we don't need no, to start again. No, we don't need to start again. It's a, Echo Park's I, cooler than Los Feliz. Um, Maybe. If you want to say that, sure. I feel like they're, it's a collective at Los Feliz, Echo Park, and Silver Yeah, Lake they're all kind of in that same little yeah. hipster universe. But it, this place is really cute. Los Feliz is like the, where the improvisers live. Yeah. Echo Park, I think, is where the tattooed lesbians in their 20s live. Okay. Yeah. Is that a good thing? I, if you're a tattooed lesbian in your 20s. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Now, you got a really fun show that you're doing coming up. Yes. Uh, break it down for us, because this idea is genius. Thank you. Okay, so tell us <laughs> what it's called and what it's what it's like. Uh, so it's called Riding with Nicole, and it is a uh, comedy show on a double-decker tour bus, and I just... I take people past uh, a lot of the mistakes that I've made in the city and uh, past some of my ex's homes. And uh, I like to you know, give people basically a tour of my life. But also, you know, if you're from the Midwest and you're not sure about your sexuality or whatnot, you come on the tour and we'll break it down for you. It's, yeah. It's not such a mystery. There, should be, there shouldn't be such fear around it. So I kind of break it down a little bit. That's kind of cool. So yeah. you're really open about your life and your relationships and Absolutely. your journey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I've made a lot of mistakes in that journey. And so why not take people by them? Right. Directly. There you go. Yeah. So do your exes know that you're coming by their house on a tour bus and telling stories? Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes no. Well, we kind of change it up so yeah. nobody really knows. And then by the time the bus gets there, if they call the cops, we're out of there in a minute. So they can't really <laughs> do anything. <laughs> do we ever stop? We're on the bus. Do we ever stop? Uh-huh. Or is it a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a few stops. You'll, you, do you ever stop and get off and do something or no? Um, we we do stop. The the audience doesn't get off. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give give it away. Right. But there is a... There is a stop that's pretty pretty much like the grand finale, so... Um, I yeah. can't wait to do this. How did you get the idea? I want to rent a bus and do this. Well, interestingly enough, uh, it was after 
my first relationship ever with a woman yeah. and I we were going through a breakup and I was heartbroken and I also I had no money uh, and I was looking for a job and I just you know one of those life moments when you're kind of down and out and my friend from Queens called me and he was like come write these tours and uh, you know make them funny and and I was like, I don't want to be seen on a double-decker tour bus. And he was—he just was like, come on, I'll just give you a bunch of money and just rewrite them and just do it for, like, two weeks. And I was like, okay. And I just remember riding around being heartbroken, and I, I was, like, almost crying. And I thought, I want to take the bus past her house and sing an Adele song. Because that's when 21 was, like... Right. Like, that was, like, years and years ago. And, um... And I had that idea, and then like two years later, again, I was going through another breakup with a, with a woman, and I was heartbroken. And I I just, I looked up into the sky. It was literally one of those moments where I was like, I need a sign! And my phone rang a second after that, and it was the president of Starline Tours. And he had heard I did such a great job on the other bus company tour. And he wanted to hire me, and I thought, what, why are these double-decker tour bus companies calling me and then I remembered that I wanted to do the show and I was like oh that's the like that's the sign of like I have to take this job to do the show yeah and so I took the job and covertly wrote the show while riding the buses and and then I just asked the president if I could take the bus I think I said it was like a bachelorette party that I wanted to have but I sold tickets to the comedy show and and I loved doing it. It's like a, it's amazing to be up there doing comedy and be moving around LA. And LA is such an amazing place. It's, well, it's so unique. Like it's such a great idea. It's so different. And I love you. that you're so personally connected to it. Now, when you were working for the tour company, were you giving tours or were you just writing stuff for other people to say? Uh, I was actually like a hotel sales rep, and yeah. so my job was just to like go around to the hotel concierges and say hi, you know, and, you know, give them, like, gifts and ask them to sell our bus companies tours or whatever. Nice. And so I got to, like, just, like, travel around L.A. and and go to all these hotels and and just some really amazing hotels, some really seedy ones. Right. So that was interesting. And, um, yeah, and then I I would come home and I would just write the show every night. That's so cool. Now, is this... You did this a while back. You mm-hmm, did a... Mm-hmm. Um, it was I called something it, else. Oh, it was called, uh, this is the last show I do before I go on medication. Right. Uh, and then, um, it, so is this show that, that you're doing next weekend, or what is it? This coming it's weekend? This coming weekend, yeah. Wow, I love it. Okay. So is this show different than that, or it has elements of that, or is it all new? It's, it's, it's more evolved. Um, yeah. Pretty much... Oh. That's her adorable dog. We didn't introduce. That, that's Alvi. He just A L V I E. A L V named after Alvi Singer. I love it. Yeah. He's adorable. He's uh, he is quite adorable, but yeah. he will bite your hand off. Okay, it's good to know. <laughs> yeah, just keep your hands in. Okay. Um, what was the question? This is a more this is an evolved oh, yeah. version of that last show. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I had I was developing the show for TV and I was kind of in development hell for about a year, and I wasn't going to do it again. And then I, I'm friends with, uh, her name is Melissa Carbone. She created the Hollywood Haunted Hayride, the L.A. Haunted Hayride. Oh, right. Okay. And I was just telling her about it, and she was like, you have, like, I can, we, we should make this a thing. Like, we can really make this a, an amazing 
show for people and and so we partnered up and and this is our first venture together with it and we called it it's pretty much the same but we're calling it riding with nicole because it's just a little more simple and yeah easier. and you rem- you know the what you're getting right how cool where is the where is the start of it where do you join the bus it starts at the pantages theater nice. um because of the i guess because of vaudeville and which means voice of the city, which means my voice was going to be around the city all, all night that night. And so we started it there because there is that like glitzy glam yeah. Hollywood kind of feel over in that area. But like once we get away from that, uh, that's when we sort of start to get more into my stories and my life. What's it like to perform in that setting? It's you realize you've got a mic mm-hmm. and you're on the top and you have to hold on. And you have to hold on. Are there people on the bottom or just on the top? Just on the top. Yeah, because people need to be able to see you. Yeah, the bottom is uh, the like the green room, like the crew and stuff. Yeah, nice. There's a crew? Mm-hmm. What do they do for you? Well, we need uh, somebody with the bus driver to like make sure he makes the right stops. Right. And then we have a producer like who's working the technical aspect of it because we have speakers on the bus, but... That are, are that our sound cues are run through, but it's so all you have Bluetooth. Sound cues. Yeah, this is not just you just talking. This is a whole no, it's show. a whole production. Yeah, that's amazing. Production. Thanks. I love it. I'm glad you're doing it again, and I hope you keep doing it. Thank you. It it it's it seems like it got a little easier this time. The first time, I I rent the bus. It was so expensive. It was like fifteen hundred dollars to rent the bus. And, Holy smokes! Yeah, and and I would. I would only rent the bus for like two hours and the show was an hour and a half. So literally my whole team would have to set up the tech show in 30 minutes. Oh, no. It was crazy. Did they not give you a break because you're a part of the no. Starline family? No. Um, is it a Starline bus that we're on? It is a Starline bus that we nice. on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those are beautiful buses. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have one of the new ones too that has like a digital billboard, which my face may or may not pop up on the side. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's. How do you do? Do you do a rehearsal? Are you able to do a rehearsal, or is it like? Yeah, well, I have my producer drive me around, uh, and I sit facing backwards so in a car in a in a in her van. Like, yeah, not van, but like she has a Mercedes, like a Mercedes truck. And, um, yeah. So that's the closest we could get to a rehearsal, but this time we're getting the bus three hours earlier, so we're going to do a loop before the show. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really it's challenging. Like we've seen, I have to duck for trees. Uh, yeah, and and the first time I did the show, I didn't realize that the only way I would know a tree was behind me was by the audience's face, and they yeah. would just like look horrified, and then I would duck, and then it would be fine. But now we have like a tree wrangler, and he brings a bell. You know, that's little, so little fun. Steps. How many people can fit on the top of a bus? Forty-five. Okay, so it's like a nice intimate show, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm you know. Not that I'm bearing at all, but but it's not like I'm telling jokey jokes. I'm like telling stories and stuff like that, and so it's it's a it's perfect. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you're telling like probably some serious stuff, some hard stuff. Yeah. Like what kinds of stuff do you talk about? Oh, like we go past uh, the first person I ever dated. We go past her place, and maybe I'll sing her an Adele song. Uh, wish her well with her new love. Um, you know that, and we'll go past. Um, this guy I dated, he was a Star Wars nerd. We may or may not, you know, reference Star Wars and do a little something about that. But, um, 
Yeah, I talk about sexuality, talk about my family. I grew up with a lot of fear. My parents kind of raised me to... Wherever I was going, they told me how I was going to die going to do it. So, you know, I... We, wow. Like, yeah. what kinds of things? I remember when I was growing up and I wanted to go to... I lived in a small town in Arizona and I wanted to go to see Pat Benatar in Phoenix mm. at a concert. And I was people like... People die at concerts. People die at concerts. But we, you know, I'd never driven in the big city or anything like that. So we, me and like my two friends drove halfway there and then somebody's brother picked us up and took us to the big bad city. Oh my God. But what it was big that bad city Phoenix? Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. To see the concert, you know, oh but it was God. like, we weren't, we weren't grown up enough to handle driving in Phoenix, which I probably was terrified of it. So right. it was probably for the best. But what, what kinds of things would they tell you? People die oh at concerts. Oh, my God. I couldn't go... Well, when I was... I remember I was going on my first date ever uh, to the school carnival, and my dad pulled me aside, and he said, don't go on those rides. Carnies are drunk people. They don't care if the rides are put together correctly. They don't care if a screw is missing. You'll be on the Ferris wheel. It'll snap off and end up in the river, and you'll be the dead asshole in the river. Wow. So all kinds of stuff like that. Every, everything I did. Yeah. How did that affect you as an adult? Well, it's funny. I didn't realize it until um, maybe about four years ago that I was operating with a ton of fear. And so as an adult, I would be fearless initially with something. And I would just, whatever it was, like just say sketch comedy or whatever, I would go out and I would do something. And it would be, it would either work or not, but if if it was successful... I would then back up maybe four or five steps because I would, the fear would set in of like, what if I can't think of a, a thing like that again? Or like, why did I do that? And I could have, maybe something could have happened and I could have fell off the stage or choked on the microphone. Like just weird, like, not really choked on the microphone, but I get fearful afterwards. After after doing something that worked, that was yeah. successful. Yeah, and so you that's not fear. a good that's not a good equation. Interesting. So you did you go to therapy to sort of? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Once you, I mean, once you realize you're operating with a ton of fear, you kind of like take a look at everything. And I have to stop, and I can't just like jump into things because I have to like think: Am I being fearful or am I not? Yeah, I noticed on the way in, you had uh, there was a chalkboard on your door, mm-hmm. and it says, "Don't worry, be here now." Yeah, I get it because yeah. I know what that that is, and you mm-hmm. try to stay in the present moment. I just started this mindfulness course at UCLA. Oh, nice meditation. Nice. I'm in week two now. Amazing. I do these body scan meditations every day, and it's all about trying to learn how to be in the moment. But it's challenging, it's, you know. That's incredible that you do that. I just, I just started. I I need it. It's like a, a friend of mine recommended it to me. But it's like a stress reduction thing, and it's good for Everything. people with the, yes, the whole thing. And then just happened to have it on sixty minutes this week really? with Anderson Cooper or la- a couple weeks ago. The same um, the guy that wrote the book that that does this program and all that stuff. So it was like, all right, it's in the air. If What's Anderson Cooper do it. It's mindfulness-based stress reduction, mm-hmm. um, and the, the guy that wrote the book is, I think, out of the East Coast. He, he's not there, but it's the same sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. stuff. And Anderson Cooper went to a retreat, no cell phone for three days. Amazing. A lot of, like, meditation and breathing and walking meditations and stuff like that. Love it. But he said it changed his life, you know? Yeah. I, I've been meditating for the last two months, day and night, like when I wake up in the morning and then before I go to bed. 
And I'm just doing like YouTube, like yeah. I'll do like meditation for abundance or whatever. Right. And it has changed my entire life. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, it's how long do you do? 20 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Well, how has it changed your life? In what um, ways? It's like small ways and big ways. I've, I have, there's a lot less fear. Right. Uh, and there's a lot more of like just living in the moment and working through the present moment as opposed to like when I'm thinking of the future, or I'm thinking about the past, I recognize it right away. Yeah. And so then I just go right back into the present. I mean, it's, it's hard. I right. do that all the time. But that's part of what this practice is. Like, whenever you're doing the meditations, your mind goes everywhere. Mm -hmm. But you're like, okay, mm -hmm. just bring it back. Be mm -hmm. sort of gentle with yourself. Bring it back. Yeah. Okay, I'm going into the future. I don't need to do that. It's like that kind of training yourself. Yeah, and you also, like, control the people around you and the conversations that you have with them. Like, I was back home in New Jersey for a minute, and my dad just started... He was just talking about somebody and... and he, my dad is like an old, old, an old lady sitting on a stoop, like loves to like, he's like a little gossiper and, and I was like, I just don't know why we're talking about this right now. And like, I just said it in a way of like, I didn't, you know, like snap or I didn't, I didn't, it was just a way of like, why are we talking about this right now? And he was like, oh yeah, I don't know. And I don't know, whatever. It, That's interesting. Yeah. Did you ever talk to him about... The fear stuff? Uh, yeah. He just, um, he thinks it's funny. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's real funny. Yeah. That he it terrorized me as a child. Like, yeah. I lived on the second story, and he would get a gorilla mask and go in my window, and just tap on my window, and I'd turn around, and there'd be a gorilla in, in the window. And you would be, like, how old? Terrified. I'd be, like, maybe seven, eight. Holy smokes. Yeah. Terrified. Wow, where did you grow up? Back east, right? New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. What part of? All right. What part of New Jersey? Lyndhurst. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, are you a Springsteen lover? Is that part of the deal? It it is sort of part of the deal, but I didn't appreciate Springsteen until I moved out here. Really. Yeah. He he opened up the Staples Center the first night. It was I it was like September eighth. Uh, I don't know what year. And I went, and I he played for three and a half hours, and watching him just perform at 110% for three and a half hours was so incredible. And then I realized, oh my god, I grew up with all these songs, and I didn't necessarily like realize it or claim them or you didn't embrace myself. it, yeah, yeah. I just but then like I heard the river, and I was like, oh my god, that song is like my childhood. Yeah, that's really cool. He's amazing. Yeah, I got to spend Fourth of July there a couple years ago. In Spring Lake. Oh, yes. So pretty and so fun. Gorgeous. The boardwalk. We mm -hmm. rode bikes. Mm -hmm. Went to Pilates or whatever. It was fun. What did you do there? Like, why were you... Why did um, you... One of my friends is... A, one of my old magazine editor friends has a house there with her family, Susan. Beautiful. And she invited me to stay for the 4th of July. And oh, so lovely. It was lovely. so fun. Great. Went and got ice cream on bikes. Mm -hmm. and It yeah. was cool. Went to... Um, the Scone Pony. They have scones. The stone, oh, oh, my God. Get the it? The Scone Pony. Pony. That's a Jersey Pony. thing, That's right? hilarious. Um, but I think having some kind of, like, meditative or just some kind of attitude to cope with the business is 
key because sure. it can make you crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can you can always look around and see somebody who is like doing better than you, and, and what's the point? Oh. Yeah, and some people take that as like oh shit, and they go to a negative place, but and other people just take it as like oh. When I see a friend of mine doing well, I'm like, oh, it's it's around. Like, success is around, and it's close, and, and you know... It's possible. It's, it's absolutely 100% possible. Yeah. But there are people that don't necessarily. Well, like, when we worked together on Big A Sketch Show, I shared an office with Billy Eichner. I know. And he's huge now, you he's know? He's amazing, yeah. And funny as hell, and he was funny then, and, I, you and know, Kate, he's... And Kate, and... Yeah, yeah, Kate's blown up on Saturday Night Live, and... um yeah, you, you can't let stuff like that get to you. And, no. you know, they worked hard. They're really talented. They're oh, doing God, their yeah. thing. Uh, absolutely. And, um, remember, yeah, Billy wrote a really funny sketch for me, the Mother Teresa thing. And, oh, my God. Describe it. It's oh one of my, my favorites. God. It, he, it was like Mother Teresa caught on tape, and she just launches into... Like if they had had cell phone cameras back right, in the day. Right, yeah. and, and she was just giving a blessing, and then... <laughs> Kate's character, a young sister, wanted to go to the bathroom, and Mother Teresa just rips her a new asshole, <laughs> and it was the most fun I had ever had doing a sketch because I just got to launch in into someone. Like I remember what, like what kind of stuff you were saying. Like you, I was like, yeah, yeah, mushroom face. <laughs> I was like, in the middle of a, 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 a friggin' blessing, blessing. Uh, yeah, this is a special prayer and a blessing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it was so good. It was so good. And, and that was our, that was season three, the only one that I worked on. That's where we met. Um, but you were on from the start. One, two, and yeah. three. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought you were on two and three. No, I wish. I yeah. was only on three, but I loved that job. I it had so much so fun. It was so fun. Scott King too. Scott He's King. So well. He's doing um, he difficult people. Yeah. With yeah, billing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was amazing. It was just such a fun job and everybody, yeah. everybody got along and. Everyone was great. All of the actors on the show were great. Like, I've yeah, watched them fun. since then mm-hmm. do different kinds of things. And I'm Coleman, just so... Coleman, Domingo, doing so well, like, yes. on that way. And, and then I'll be watching, like, uh, Lincoln, and he'll, his, he'll pop up. And, yeah. and he was in... Wasn't he in Selma, too? Didn't he pop I th- up Yes, he was in Selma. Yeah, he's just... That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, everyone was so talented. What was your favorite stuff that you got to do on there? Because everyone always asked me about the Lorna Dunes. Oh, uh, yeah. She was fun. Yeah. Um, she was a fun character to do. Uh, the Glenn Close thing that you wrote was my absolute favorite. That's, absolute that was my favorite. most proud moment of that whole show. Yeah. Yeah. I just loved it. And, and I, I still do a part of that in stand-up. I do, like, her reciting... Uh, I understand period, I understand exclamation point, and then... What is I understand period, I understand? What is that? Because I always say, like, Glenn Close is, like, she's 32% too dramatic. Yeah. And, like, I just say, like, oh, only she can get along... She can get away with a line reading like this, like, in the script, if it said, I understand period, and then I understand exclamation point, this is the way she would read it. Yeah. And then I go, I understand. My understand! <laughs> like she just <laughs> Alvy, that woke uh, Alvy right yeah. up. It's okay, buddy. But um, King. Yeah, no, the Glenn Close was my favorite, <laughs> my most proud moment on that show because we, you had a feeling that you could do Glenn Close, like you wanted to do her, right? Because how it worked is the actors would come in and talk to us about what they wanted to do or characters that they think that they could do, and then we try to come up with something or whatever, mm-hmm. and. um 
so youth, youth wanted to do Glenn Close, and so we wrote this thing where she's trying to do a Cadillac voiceover, but she just yeah. goes crazy. But it, there were like two table reads, and it didn't make it to the table read. And we finally oh, really? got, remember we this? We pushed it. Yeah. We finally got it to the third table read. Because I think, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I think, um, anyway, we kind of had to kind of push to try to, let us try it, let us try yeah. it. And we were at the table read, and the second you did your first line as Glenn Close... I'm like, oh, we're in. Yeah. We're in the yeah, show. That and was I, fun. I loved it. It was really fun. <laughs> and my friend just out of nowhere text, texted me, out of nowhere last night texted me, Cadillac! Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. So. How funny. I know. It's amazing. Anyway, yeah. that was a very proud moment. Meets for me too. Um, I loved it. So, what do people that know that show, what do they talk to you about? Lorna Dune? Uh, are they. Um, yeah, I think uh, Lorna doing Stritchy. Of course, when Elaine Stritch died, I just I got yes. a lot of um, like so many people. And you got to interact with her, right? Because you did Elaine Stritch as like a Walmart greeter, right? Mm-hmm. And then that I, I was, remember I was in Italy for my friend's wedding, and her manager like I think he got in touch with me on MySpace. Right, right on. And yeah, and. Um, just said that Elaine saw it and would love to meet you. And I got to have tea with her at the Carlisle. And then, wow, she, yeah. what was she was she like everything you would expect her to be? Absolutely. She. Oh, we what were, do you remember about it? We well, first we 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 walked in. We didn't walk in. We heard her rehearsing. She was singing Broadway Baby, of course. Wow. Uh, baby Grand Piano at the Carlisle and. Our producers were going to knock, and I was like, don't knock. She's in the middle of a rehearsal. You cannot right. knock. And they were like, are we going to stay out here? And it literally seemed like the extended version of Broadway Baby. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, this is going on so long. But then finally we knocked, and she just went, it's open! Right. <laughs> and then it wasn't open. And she just went right back to singing Broadway Baby. Like, So you're still stuck outside. So we're still stuck outside. And they're like, Whoop. They wanted to pound down the door. And I'm like, just let the song end. But, like, again, <laughs> I feel like it was, like, the club mix. And, um, Someday. And it's yeah, still going on and yeah. on. And then they knocked, and she was like, it's open! And we were like, no, it's not. And so her, Rob, her music manager, came to the door, and she was, like, she was gone. Like, she was, wasn't in the room. And then, and then the French doors opened, and she came out with her white shirt and black hose and she sat across from our producers and what do you mean your producers the producers of uh, Scott and, and oh. Scott King and Dan Dan O'Connor yeah Dan O'Donnell Dan O'Connor Dan o- yeah not Dan O'Connor that's Roseanne's <laughs> husband's yeah. name on the show Dan McDonald McDonald yes, yes. sorry Irish folks you, your names yeah. are all the same get more creative um so they were sitting across from her, and they were kind of like a little stiff, and I'm like, what is wrong with those guys? And then afterward, they told me that she wasn't wearing any underwear. She just had black hose on, So, and she was sitting with her legs wide open, and they were just like in shock. So they were seeing like through yeah, the pantyhose? Yeah, they were seeing all of Stritchy. And, oh, and, um, shit. Where were you sitting, next to her? I was next to her on the couch. Yeah. So I had no, we were just chit-chatting away and planning our Halloween costumes. and. Wow. Yeah, and then she sang a song for us. It was amazing. It was That's amazing. so cool. And then she came on the show, didn't she? And then she came on the show. And then she and I kind of, we remained friends. Like, I would go see her in New York whenever I would go. And, and she invited me to, like, any friends and family concert that she would have. And, yeah, she was awesome. That's was really, really cool. It was really sweet. I. What's your favorite memory of her? Um, 
My favorite memory was when she came on the show and uh, she saw me as her and she just went, great gams, Nicole. <laughs> it was really funny. And then I got to play a younger her on 30 Rock. Yeah. That was really fun and special. It was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Was it fun to work on that show? I'm such a fan oh of that God. show. Yeah, I was so nervous. Was Were like, you? You know, you want to be as funny as you can on... I, I That show to me was like the greatest comedy. God, it was so funny. Every second, there was 20 funny things. Yes, yeah. And so I was, I was maybe a little tight, a little stiff, but, um, I had, I was a cigar girl and I had, was holding the cigar, you know, tray and Alec Baldwin walked in and I went to, I went to try and be funny and I dropped all of the, uh, cigars on the floor, like cigarettes and like the prop people, like it was so detailed and I just right. like flipped it and all the cigarettes and the cigars went all over the place and he just... During like, a take or was it before it now? In the rehearsal, like right. when he just went like, came in to do the rehearsal with me to say hi and yeah. then boom on the ground and he just started laughing and I just started laughing too. Yeah. I was like, yep, great, perfect. <laughs> so we're, off to a perfect. Good, we're off to a good start. Yep. That's who your scene was with, Alec? Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. He seems like a force of nature. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, So when did you first move to Los Angeles? Um, I moved here. I kind of was like back and forth. I think I first came out here in 2000. 2000. Yeah. And then I got into Groundlings. But I was going back and forth between L.A. and New York. Basically from 2000 to 2010 with the Big Gay Sketch Show. Right. Like, I was going back and forth for other things before that, but then when Big Gay started, I was, like, more... I was more bi-coastal than right. ever. And so, yeah, I've been out here for... What do you remember about first getting here? Did you like it when you first got here? No. No. Yeah. I hate it. I, I don't know one person that doesn't compare it to wherever it is that they've come from. Right. And I think that's a huge mistake, like... I think I think LA I think Hollywood is different from LA. Right. Obviously, but but so many people come here and they don't embrace how cool LA is. Yeah. And they only get frustrated in the fact that their manager didn't call them back or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Like but right. it's such a cool magic place and I will argue and say that LA is going through some kind of a lovely renaissance. I feel like L.A. is what New York was in the 80s. It's like really, it's, I don't know, there's something about it that's pretty magical. When do you sense that? When you're out at at places or just when you're around? I think since doing the tour bus show and like riding around at night and then, because also doing the tour bus show, I've had to really like read up a lot on L.A. and yeah. And do you talk about things separate from your own life in terms oh, of like, yeah. oh, that's cool. I'm not that narcissistic. No, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. there's probably yeah. Um, yeah, no, I give some some cool facts. Like the first ever um, skyscraper in LA was where Charlie Chaplin had his offices. That's cool. Yeah, it's on Hollywood and Vine. Nice. And Audrey Hepburn stars out in the front. Right. That's also where I was uh, mistaken for Xena the Warrior Princess. At that's a commercial a, audition. Yeah, that's so exciting. Tie it back around. It brings it comes back. It comes back so you kind of love an LA. I like that. Yeah. Now um, you talk about sexuality in your show, mm-hmm. and I know you've you've been with men and women. Mm-hmm. Are you um, are you more women now, or is it is it always evolving? Or because I think when I met you, you were dating a guy. 
Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's always evolving. I think, I think the problem, there's a couple of problems. There's a problem with the word bisexual to me in, for, in two ways. Like, I don't want to be defined by my sexuality. I don't right. like having sexual in the title. It just it makes kind of the narrow-minded people just think about the sex. Right. And there's so much more to that when you're in a relationship or even just dealing with other human beings. Right. I feel like I want to come out as Nicole. Like I just want to be me. I love it. And like maybe maybe if someone wants to consider me as something, I would consider myself fluid. Right. Which, ironically enough, that word got me the job on the Big Gay Sketch Show because I was bone straight then. Right. And you know they were they they didn't ask me outright. I'm lying. Yes, they did in my audition, which was totally illegal. Um, but the show's over, and so nobody's going to sue. Uh, except for me. But they did ask me if I was gay in the thing. And I said that I was fluid because I had watched a few episodes of The L Word and that word was passed around and I was like, that's it. That's the word. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so but at that, when, when you started Big Gay, you had only been with men. Yeah, but I had always... Look, my tube socks... My tube sock collection alone would have suggested that I was <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. lesbian and my uh, ability to play sports. Uh, yeah. And so I was always around... I was in theater and sports, and so I was around a lot of gay ladies and around a lot of gay men. And I always said, like, what, yeah, like, whenever, if I ever have a crush on a woman, like, what, yeah, great. I'll, I'm there. I'm there. What, did, did working on that show and working with so many gay people sort of have an effect, or it would have, it would have, you really. would, it, your journey would have been your journey no matter what? Yeah, because I had been, you know, uh, around a lot of gay ladies. I remember. Because I had a full scholarship to softball to play Division One, uh, to college to play Division One softball, and there are a lot of gay ladies on softball. For sure, like, that stereotype is. Did you dead take on. the scholarship? I did. Yeah. Uh, and so we were playing like, almost like professional level softball, and I didn't really want to do that anymore. But my college was it was very expensive. I went to Adelphi University. It was a private school on Long Island, and I think it was like thirty thousand dollars a year, or whatever back then. Right. Uh, and I got a full scholarship, so I did it. And I remember sitting in a hotel room and looking around, and there were, like, 15 gay ladies and me and my other friend. And I was just like, am I... Is God trying to tell... God, it was like... Is is the universe or God trying to tell me that I'm gay? I was like, am I attracted to any of these women? And I was looking around, and I was like, hmm... No. <laughs> <laughs> so what did they you? They were s- just like look. They were all lovely, and they're all, I'm still best friends with them. But I yeah. And I yell at them now. Like I'm like, why did you have facial hair? Yeah. Get rid of that stuff. Yeah. Come didn't on. need it. Unnecessary. I didn't need to see that. It confused me with my sexuality. Yeah. They were more attractive. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um. Now you do. Um. Do you ever play softball now? What position did you oh play? Oh God, I play a ridiculous amount of sports now. Good. Mm-hmm. I played uh, center field in college. Great. And I play that now, and I play on a soccer team now and a basketball team. Wow, that's a lot of sportiness. It's a lot of sports. That's good. Are you competitive when you're out uh, there? No, not really. I don't care if we win. I, the, I love the whole the aspect of it. It's like sports. I don't have time to like go work out for three hours and then go have a meal with friends for two hours and yeah. then you know. Um, Get friend time and get 
like social hour and right. like sports to me it's everything it's like you go you hang out you you get some exercise and then you go for a meal and it's like a three hour thing and you get three things in one it's great yeah i love it what's your favorite of those soccer yeah really yeah you like it i was a i played semi-professional soccer in europe for two years where where were you based uh england and then we would travel around england and denmark was that really fun it was amazing it was two summers, but it was considered two, like, seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd just travel around and play soccer, and yeah, you got paid. With my best friends from college. Amazing. I got paid $45 a day. Wow. It was incredible. And you were just living in, like, cheap places and... Yeah, we, we lived in this, like... We lived basically in, like, college dorms. Nice. Because the colleges were not in session, and then we would... What's the most trouble you got into while you guys were... Someone, uh, it's called the Lots of Poopin' Scandal because the, uh, <laughs> Lots of Poopin' Scandal? Yeah, because we were in Denmark and then they would always be like, lots of eating, lots of meat, and like there's always meat on like, yeah. everything. And someone pooped in the showers. No. On our team. Yeah. And it was like, it was like horse poop. It was so <laughs> gigantic. And we know who it was. Uh, we figured it out. We had a, we had an investigation. And How did you figure it we out? Nailed, DNA? We, well, no. No DNA. We just, we pieced a few things together and if it was a friend, one of our friends brought like a extra friend on the trip and she was a little drunk and she used her towel to like her only we we got one towel and she used her one towel to clean up the throw up and I was like why did she do that and then then there was a piece of poop in our <laughs> trash can it's like who would come into our room to poop in in there and then somebody was in the bathroom and heard someone pulling on the door and so like she probably tried to go in the bathroom <laughs> So we were so, sleeping and she took a dump in the room. It's like, we really pieced it together and we came up with the fact, I don't want to say her name, but it begins with a J and she, she did it. She did it. She did it. That's the lots of poop and scandal. That was the lots of poop and scandal. Yeah. Wow. We have it on video too, like doing interviews with everyone, About, and just chalk uh, outline of the poop and. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. You got to post that funny. shit. Okay. Oh, my hair is terrible in that photo. Uh, that now, are video. you much for um, social media? Yeah. You, you're into it? You're all right? Yeah. It helps with... Like, I'm not one for selfies, but I'm. it helps with um, just connecting and business. And yeah. I've met a lot of interesting people through it. And so I think it's just important to kind of, like, live your life and your business and then just put it out there. And you don't yeah. Know, you never know what's going to happen. Now, what was your worst audition that you've ever had? Uh, all of them because I don't really book things when <laughs> I audition for them. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Pass. What did you do when? Um, what did you do for your big gay sketch show audition? I did. Oh, I remember Stephen Guarino freaked yeah. me out a minute before my audition because <laughs> I had tested for SNL. Um, maybe three months prior to that and I brought in like a box of wigs to SNL yeah. like I just brought in all my tricks and I remember feeling afterwards and I got great feedback and they were like we don't know whatever but as long as I got good feedback from that and they didn't just like never call me again that right. was fine 
Uh, but I did feel like a bit of a dick because like, I had brought like my mustache and like yeah. all this stuff. And, and so for Big Gay, I was like, no, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to be confident. I'm going to sell the character through yeah. my physicality and my voice and stuff. Then Stephen Gorino comes in with a rolling suitcase and he's trying wigs <laughs> on and he's moving around the audition room. And he later had said he does that to intimidate people. And I'm like, you're a jackass because <laughs> I had, I had, I freaked out and I grabbed the PA and I was like, do you have a boom box? And go get me a boom box. And, and I was like, I had a tape with me, a CD and I was like trying to fit it in the boom box. And he was, the PA was so nervous because he knew I was going in like two seconds and I was trying to calm him down. Because that helps me to calm down when I try right. to help others. Right. And uh, I went in there and used the boombox thing, and they, they loved... It was just like a voiceover thing. They right. loved it. Good. But um, I did my electrocuted lady. Right. Uh, I love when I you love, do your electrocuted lady. She was fun. Yeah. I, I did Lorna Dunes. I right. Did, uh, I did Tony, this guy that I like to do, like, it's based on my uncle's... Um, I forget what impressions I did. I think now, I did Ariana Huffington. I love your Ariana Huffington, which you do at the Mismatch Game. Oh, right, right. Um, when, how do you know who you can do? Like, why do you, you look at Glenn Close and you go, oh, I think I have a take on her, or I think I can do Ariana. I think, what is it that makes you go, oh, I can do that person? For me, it's like a, it's a love of the person and their personality. Like, right. Glenn Close and her intensity, I just love it, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, um... Elaine Stritch, like, she just salted the earth. Like, I grew up with, like, I feel like Elaine Stritch was, like, ten of my aunts. Like, right. just playing cards and smoking and... Right. Uh, I feel like it's just, the people are sort of a part of you. Yeah. I think it's different for every person. Like, I look at, I look at Kate, who's so, McKinnon, who's so amazing at impersonations. And I think that, I think she just embodies them. In a way that is just incredible, and she and the, her range is so incredible. I think my wheelhouse is a little smaller. Like I, I just kind of do like salt of the earth ladies. Yeah, that I broads. Really love broads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it's something about either the way they talk, like Ariana, it's such a great way of speaking, and I just you latch you latch on to something, whether it's their personality or their the way they speak or. What they're doing, their physicality, feel like it's part of you. When did you first know you wanted to perform? Were you into that stuff growing up? No, I never. I, I didn't. I wasn't. I would. I would put on shows and stuff, but I didn't realize that. Like, I honestly just didn't realize that, that could be a thing. Like, I could go and do that. I right. just. I just didn't. It didn't occur to me. I always thought it was like silly. I thought everybody wanted to be an actor. Right. I thought it was a phase, and then it just kept popping up. And then I was. I was working on Wall Street for a while and I just remember wanting to try it like go to an acting class and I went to my first acting class and I was like oh my god this is amazing wow this would have been in your 20s I was 22 wow and well, I felt like I was like oh my god I'm lucky I've, I've found what I want to do for the rest of my life at such an early age and technically that's not an early age for the business but right I don't... It I felt early to you. It felt, it felt good. early to me. Absolutely. So what's your first step? You st- you take that class and then you... It was interesting because on when I worked on Wall Street, I didn't want anybody to know that I was taking acting classes, but I told one person. And then he and I had left and went to separate companies. And a year later, 
I was talking to this manager who was like managing me and he was like, you've got to get in NYU student films. And the very next day, that guy on Wall Street called me to be in his cousin's NYU student film. And I was like, oh my God, it's a sign. And I called that manager. I was like, you said you wanted me to get into an NYU student film. I just did. And he was like, what? How did that happen? It was like a day. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and I and I remember like little things that that would happen have happened throughout my career, and I'm and it's always just like a little sign of, oh yeah, you're doing the right thing. Including the bus show. The bus show came along like that too. Because I've been, I literally been put back on the bus three times. Yeah. When I like didn't necessarily want or know that that was a thing. Yeah, I think it's such an original idea. Were there, was there ever a time when you thought, I don't, I'm not going to do this anymore? Or did you ever think about doing something else or? Uh, just career in general? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think I'm the type of person who likes to do other things. Like, right. like little businesses here and there. Right. And, and I loved trading when I was on Wall Street. And so like, I kind of do other things. Right. But not as... Not as a career. Right. Just things yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I with with acting and with comedy and stuff, like, I think I kind of sometimes just do it for the love of it. And I, I don't, I, for a long time, I didn't realize, like, oh, I should probably, you can't go out and try to make money, but, like, I should uh, be a little bit less likely to do things for love as opposed to... They treat it like a business. Yeah. 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 And you've worked with Apatow. You're kind of in the Apatow universe. You were in Funny People and This is 40, right? This is 40, yeah. Yeah. What's that like to be in that universe? Um, it's... I feel like it's like when I read, uh, his scripts, it's... I just think it's like an understanding of... Um, the the human condition maybe not right. to get too like heady about it, but uh, when I did this is forty, I, it was just like it was a two line thing, and Barry Mandel, his producer, emailed me. He was like, "We know this part is like, you know, not much, but would love to see you. Would you come down and do it?" And I, I of course, and I remember. I, I was thankful that I read the script. The script was like 178 pages, and I read the whole script. And then, and because I read the script, I was able to like improvise a little, and I got a joke in there, and that was like, I was so happy about that. Like it yeah. was two lines, and I could have just said like, "Oh, he'll be with you in a minute," you know, whatever it was. What was the joke? Well, Leslie Mann had I had this whole monologue prepared. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Leslie Mann asked me a question about uh, Paul Rudd's character was like is he okay and thankfully I read the script knowing that like he was kind of a little bit of a man child baby and like, yeah. just said oh he's been crying or something like that yeah he's been crying a little yeah uh, or yeah I think he was like crying like a baby or something like that yeah and 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 it got a it got a laugh and it was just like a dead honest uh delivery and it got a laugh, and so that made me happy. And it made it in. That I, and it made it in. And then you were also in Funny People. That was a yeah, that was a bigger part, and it yeah. was a dramatic part, which yeah. was really fun. You played Adam Sandler's sister, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I was like, ah, oh, it's Nicole, yay! <laughs> that was cool. It was really yeah. cool to. Um, 
I mean, I feel like anybody's... It's that thinking of, like, comedians can do drama, which it's the correct thinking. Yeah. Uh, and so it was great to do, and that's when I first met Judd, and yeah. So you did you audition for that? Mm-hmm. So there you go. You booked it. Yeah, I audi- right, right. I auditioned with Judd. He was, like, playing... Uh, he was doing an impersonation of Adam Sandler. That's so funny. Somewhat yeah. decent one. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have notes for him. Yeah, that's so funny. But that's so weird. Like, you're you're auditioning with him, and he starts doing Adam Sandler. Yeah. And you're supposed to, like, play it straight and, you know. Yeah, and, and I was, like, late for the audition because, like, it was on the Sony lot, and they were, like, this is the Judy Garland room, and I was running all over the place, and I was sweating. It was just, I was awful. But you got it. And by the time I got home, yeah, I got all it. All right. You pick some questions from the observation deck. Oh, I'm going right. to fire them off to you. Okay. Have you ever had a good diva tantrum? Thank you for choosing this uh, one. Yes, I. It was on the the tour bus show the first time. Uh, my producer, um, she was from Florida, and she has this slang. And I was very nervous because I was I had like no money at the time, and I was putting up like fifteen hundred dollars for the bus, and it was very stressful. And she had this thing of saying, "Ma'am." to me and she's like yes ma'am no ma'am it was like Jodie Foster saying like yes ma'am no ma'am yeah yeah. and it it drove me nuts because I felt like she was calling me a diva by saying ma'am yeah and and I didn't want to be a diva right but by her saying yes ma'am no ma'am I then went into diva mode and I was like can you not call me ma'am please it makes me feel like a diva and I just had that kind of a a moment of like, yeah. That's really funny. Don't call me man. Yeah, you had a little a hint of Glenn Close there. I, oh a little yeah, came out. yeah. Did yeah. You see that? I did. I like it. <laughs> what rookie mistakes did you make on your first jobs? Oof. I didn't realize that not all people are created equal when you arrive on set. Right. And it was an it was a night shoot and it was a commercial and my friend it was when I first moved to L.A. She was helping me get my SAG card and if you did like background work in a commercial you get like a voucher and then you get three vouchers and you get your sack card whatever so she was helping me and look it was a night shoot it was cold I saw this tent with a heater and cappuccino and I sat my ass in a director's chair <laughs> right by this monitor <laughs> you just made yourself at home in video village yes <laughs> <laughs> and I was right in the center too and yeah I, and I and I remember I was doing this independent film in New York, like before I moved out, and so, and then all these people came and sat around me, and I was like, oh, who are these people? And they they're shooting the shot, and I'm like, I'm leaning over, I go, oh, that's a great shot. And the, remember the woman looked at me like, yeah, like who the f are you? <laughs> and my friend who was the first AD yeah. saw me. She was, uh, Nicole, hey, can you come here for a second? <laughs> and she said, can you? Um, uh, go sit with the rest of the of the background, and I was like, "Oh, sure, yeah." It's I mean, it's nicer in there, but okay, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and then the next day, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then the next I'm day, so my, uncomfortable. Yeah, the next day, my friend called me, and they were like, "How's Video Village?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and then they explained to me the whole Video Village thing. Yes. And how? Yeah. And you learned though. Did I, you get? A, did you have a cappuccino? I did have a cappuccino. Damn right. I was warm. All right. What was your lowest point professionally? You're picking edgy questions. Oh, yeah? I like it. Wow. You're not doing the softballs. Well, come on. All right. Um, I think the lowest point was when I had to take the job at the bus company because I nothing was really working. Uh, 
And so I was broke and I had to take this job knowing I had to like step out for a minute and yeah. and kind of gather my gather your wits. My wits I've been there. about me and and that ended up being the right thing to do. And it opened this whole this whole avenue. Mm-hmm. Have other performers gone, oh, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? Like, it's such a great idea. Have you had other performers go, oh, that's so cool? Yeah. I mean, everybody who I tell is like, it's such a great idea. I want to go and do that. And I hope that they do. The show is this week. Yes. Um, we'll get a good plug in before we wrap it up. Yeah. Everybody, lo- everyone unanimously loves the idea. It's super fun. And when you start, you said that it was the low point taking the job. Was there a point where you, it sort of shifted? Was it when you kind of had the idea for the show? Was there, was there a point where you felt like, oh, okay, yeah, I, were, this makes sense now? There were, the first two months at the job, I was just like, what am I doing? I, I don't know what I just did. And then I had to like, I had to dig deep like into the spiritual stuff and the meditation and all that and yeah. figure out what like what's the message in this and yeah. And it, the message was always clear, even when that phone call came of like, no, you had this idea, go and do it. Yeah. And that's me. I, I just, I have, I get very insecure about like things. Well, it's not that I got insecure about it. It's just like, I've never done a show on a bus before. Yeah, nobody like, has, you know. How do you just go full throttle on that? You know, when there's lots of logistical things. It's not the same as renting out a little theater, right? And so, but once I did, I was my blinders were on. I was that whole summer. I was just like, I didn't really, I don't remember doing anything like socially. Or I was just, I had blinders on and I wrote the show, which was hard to write because it's moving. And so I found it very hard at my desk to write it. Yeah, I'm figuring out. Okay, I need. It yeah. takes ten minutes to get from here to here. What am I going to talk about? Or yeah. you know, what's your favorite part of the show? Is there a part that you love to do? Oh. Yes. I can't really say, but all I can say is that a lot of the show is about me, and I and I talk about fear, and then I encourage the audience towards the end to think about their own fears, and then I, then the bus, let's just say it picks up a little speed, and uh, I let people know that, you know... Uh, we are going to be experiencing this fun thing, and and the look on their faces is my favorite part because they're all like, <gasps> they're, they're all freaked just, out. Yeah, I love it. All right, you got a couple more. What's the worst job you ever had? Oh, oh, um, I sold medical splints in Compton for a few years. Wow! So you that went to Compton. Territory. Yeah, that was my territory. And so, sold medical splints, like medi- like dynamic splinting. I I had to go do this like training and learn all about dynamic splinting. And on the first day, I had to fit a person who had an external catheter like coming out of his arm, like these pipes coming out of his arm. And I walked into the doctor's office, and I saw his arm, and I nearly fainted. This is what's wrong with our medical uh, community. Like, they allow maybe a little too much leeway. Uh, so if anybody out there is getting a splint fixed, make sure... To, the person's not the, person the first day. Your, your, yeah. your, either your therapist or your doctor. Um, and ironically enough, I, I was just sweating and I started to cut the splint to cut around the pipes. And then the doctor comes out and he, the doctor goes, you know it's the right arm, right? So I was going to put it on the wrong arm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And you did it in Compton. That was your territory. Yeah. I remember there was one time I had uh, this woman I was going to fit 
her splint, and there were these five crips, like, outside of her house. They had the bandana on and the white shirt, and I was driving by in my Toyota Echo with my splints, like, looking at them. It was almost like, it was almost like a movie. It was, like, slow motion. They were looking at me, and I was looking at them. I'm sure they thought, like, who is this dork in her cheap suit? Yeah. Like, what is she doing here? And what, did you get out of the car? Did you? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I wow. met her at the... Look, I, there were five guys who yeah. were in a gang. I, I was I, I was scared. I yeah. was absolutely scared. That's, that, you know, makes sense. What was your most glamorous night is your last question you picked. I like that. Oh, my God. I mean, there's... there. I have to say, there, there it's a tie, but I'm going to go with um, this night in Vegas. I was going to Vegas to go see Liza Minnelli. And then my roommate come, comes home and she goes, I'm going to Vegas to see a concert. I go, me too. I go, what are you going to see? She's like, Prince. She's like, what are you? Liza Minnelli. I was like, oh, a little different. She got me a ticket to Prince and then this after party and then this after after party. So we go see Prince and it's like. So you did not go to see Liza Minnelli. I saw Liza on Friday. And oh, I, I saw see. Prince on Saturday. Wow. And we well, see. Same outfit. I bet they were both wearing the same outfit. Oh. How did you know? <laughs> How did you know? Yeah. Um, it was, we saw the Prince concert, and then afterwards, we got to essentially watch him jam with, like, Justin Timberlake and Sheila E. Holy shit. Till five in the morning. And it was just, like, a room, and there was 20 people, and... Like, I was talking to Sheila E., and then Prince came over, and, and I was talking to his, like, singer. Basically, there was another woman there who, like, sang with him. And, like, what do you say? I just went, great show, Prince. And he, yeah. like, kind of smiled, and it was just this wild, cool thing. And he was, he again, he was like Bruce Springsteen in that. Like, he was just, he loved what he was doing, and he would watch people play, and then he would get inspired, and then he would run up and grab a guitar, and then, then he would run up and grab the bongos, and it was just so cool. I saw him in concert once, and I, in Hawaii, and I just was, like, amazed at what an incredible musician he was, because he played yes. the keyboard. He plays everything, yeah. He plays everything. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It's amazing when you watch someone love, yeah. like, what they do, like, Chris Martin, even. Yeah watching him in concert like he's just so he's a full experience like he's just so into it and that is um uh fun to watch now what was the runner-up glamorous night that you didn't go with oh it was this weird crazy night of this party in the hills with it was like alexander skarsgård was there and there was a hot tub involved and i dove headfirst into it because you know like I, I'm fine. I, I enjoy my body very much, but like, I'm not one to prance around in a bikini at a, at a Hollywood party with models. And right. so I tried to be confident, but in that I ran out of the bathroom and dove headfirst into the jacuzzi. Just get in the water. Just get in the water. Just yeah. get in the water. You're under the water. You're yeah, it's cool. It's all you good. Know? And the models were all like, eh, you know? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I guess hot tubbing with Skarsgård would be... That's pretty wonderful. Yeah. I like that. He has a body like an Adonis. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. I just saw him in uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl. He's very Um, good in it. How was that? Yeah, I I liked it. It was a good movie. Really well made. Good. Yeah. Um, What do you love about performing? Everything. Everything. I love preparing for it. Like, I love every aspect of it. Like, even just doing the tickets and... I love it. Um, I love the rehearsal, the flyers. 
the rehearsals you find so much, and then you know your your rehearsals sometimes are awful, and you know that it's going to be good, and then just the laughter and the connection that you have with the audience. I love it. When yeah. people get off the bus, what are they? Were they like, "Wow, that was different. That was cool." Do you greet them as they get off? Yeah, everybody sort of hugs me. I'm in such a weird place of like, <laughs> like almost like a, not apologizing for the show, but like really hoping that everybody had a great time and and I'm feeling like at that point a, like relieved, but also like hoping that people don't think I'm insane. Well, you reveal a lot. It sounds like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're you're like checking in with them, making yeah, sure like, that they're like you still like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. So yeah. how can people come see your show? How can they learn about it? Oh, uh, just go to writingwithnicole.com. Awesome. You have your own website, mm-hmm. writing with writing. a G. Yes, writingwithnicole.com, and we have four shows this weekend. We're doing it in, uh, we're doing four shows this weekend, and then we'll probably, maybe, depending upon uh, how well the show does, we may do it again this year. We may not. We may just wait till the spring. Well, I definitely want to come this weekend. Please come. Are they sold out? Or are they? It's in? getting close. Okay, so i got to figure it out. Yeah. All right. Writing with Nicole, and you're doing the 26th and the 27th. 26th and 27th. It's supposed to be a full moon on the 27th. I would recommend that. That's going to be beautiful, but the 26th, the moon will be very close to being full and there's shows at six and eight and i know six seems like a weird time but trust me it's sunset and so beautiful i bet it's incredible i was gonna do eight and ten on saturday but 10 o'clock it's yeah it's cool to ride around at night but that sunset magic hour being on the bus it's very very cool i love it all right well that's the one i think i'm gonna try to come to awesome all right thank you so much for doing the podcast and congrats on your show and um and uh i'm definitely looking forward to it so i can't wait for you to see it yay bye bye thanks again to nicole payone check out her show this saturday and sunday the 26th and 27th i think i'm going on saturday at six i think so maybe i'll see you there uh, you can learn more about it at writingwithnicole.com. All right, so this happened. Um, not a lot going on, but I did see a movie that I really liked called Sleeping with Other People in Theaters with Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie from uh, Mad Men and Community. And it was a romantic comedy, but I thought it was kind of fresh and a little different. And I thought they had chemistry, and I enjoyed myself very much. So there you go. That's my little cinema recommendation. For you people. And uh, that's all I got for you. So thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.